President Trump here, literally just walking up to the mic in New Hampshire. You can hear the roaring crowd there as he is, he's already kind of kicked it off, but this is a big rally in New Hampshire for his 2020 re-election campaign, otherwise known as Keep America Great. Listen to the crowd. He loves that. You can tell he's just, look at it, he'll step aside, just relish it. <laughs> New Hampshire is so important. Remember, Ted Cruz lost the first, uh, or excuse me, won the first race in Iowa. This is where President Trump ended up winning New Hampshire and then took the rest from there on out. We'll take you back to President Trump later on in the show. <laughs> you can see him just like, thank you, thank you. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Furry, and thank you so much for joining us. I want to start with this tonight because a lot of you have been reaching out to me saying, hey, Berg, why does President Trump seem to be moving towards the left when it comes to these gun control laws? Well, as you just saw there, 2020 in full effect, folks. So I'm going to show you exactly why President Trump has continually been talking about, he uses the word meaningful background checks. He's also been talking a lot about red flag laws. For many of you out there like, whoa, wait a second, what is he doing here? This might give you an insight to why he's talking about it so much. Fox News, Fox News recently did a poll in regards to guns and other things, but I wanna talk specifically about what they found out with the guns here. And they asked people, hey, in your words, why are more mass shootings happening in the US than elsewhere? You can see here, they said access to guns, the number one reason why it seems to be more of a problem in the United States than anywhere else in the world. They also mentioned mental health issues. And coming at number three, believe it or not, was Trump rhetoric as well. Uh, keep in mind, when they say access to guns and mental health issues, we talked about this last night with Senator Kevin Kramer. We, we just did the Fix Next bill. If you don't remember, that's about improving the background checks to helping people have better understanding about, hey, do you have a criminal background? Do you have some sort of mental health and illness? Um, that stuff is trying to be improved so we can flag those particular people that shouldn't have guns in their hands more on that in just a moment. I want to bring up the next aspect uh, of their poll as well, because they also asked people, hey, so what do you think the solution is? How do we solve these problems of more of these mass shootings happening here in the United States? If we can bring this up, please. And here's what people are saying, folks. And again, this is why President Trump is talking so much about background checks and the red flag laws. You can see here, and if you look at the numbers, 90%, that's actually 1% lower than it was several years ago. Requiring background checks, that includes private sales, gun show sales as well. In their question, 90% of the people polled said, yes, we should require background checks for guns. That's why President Trump is talking about it so much. Take guns from at-risk people, i.e. the red flag laws. That again is why President Trump is talking about that so much because it's very, it seems to be very popular. We mentioned a while ago how President Trump is, seems to be losing suburban moms. The red flag laws are taking guns from at-risk people. That polls pretty well with suburban moms. I want you to take quick note here of the ban assault weapons, okay? What they don't have here in this graphic, which is actually in the poll, they said, hey, should we ban assault rifles and, and semi-automatic weapons? That was the question. 67% of the people polled said, yes, we should be banning semi-automatic weapons. Why do I sound so stunned when I talk about it that way? Because a semi-automatic automatic weapon could be your shotgun. It could be a handgun. Because remember, semi-automatic is where you pull the trigger, fires around. Pull the trigger, fires around. 
So they included that in this poll and 67% said that those items should be banned. That, my friends, is shocking. So I bring up these polls tonight because, number one, obviously it's such a hot conversation, but also because in large part what happened in El Paso, what happened in Dayton, but of course last night as well as we were just going on the air here on Point of View in Philadelphia. We had six police officers shot yesterday in Philadelphia. I want to play for you a couple of clips from a press conference earlier today. I want to play two from the mayor, Mayor Kenny, and then one from the police commissioner. I think is so powerful to hear but please play close attention. This is the mayor of Philadelphia. He talked about it last night during the shooting. He said some more of this again today. This is important to note because of the laws that we already have on the books. As I said last night, our officers need help. They need help keeping these weapons out of the hands of the bad guys. No one should have access to the kind of weaponry, weaponry and firepower that we saw in North Philadelphia last yesterday. Folks, the guy that was firing the rounds last night in Philly had a rap sheet a mile long. Convicted criminal, spent time in the clink. This is important to note, okay? Do, are we all clear on what it means to be a criminal? Are we all clear on what it means to be convicted and spend time in the clink? If you are someone that's been convicted of a crime, you've spent time in the clink, it's pretty clear you don't really care about laws. This guy should have never had a firearm, all right? We all know convicted criminals do, do not have legal access to weapons, but again, that's why he's a criminal. He doesn't care about laws. He's gonna go get weapons from the black market. He's gonna go find them from some other way, shape, or form. If these bad, bad hombres, bad guys, wanna get access to a weapon, they're gonna find it some other way, which I don't know all the details on this person, on this suspect, but I'm presuming that's how he ended up getting these weapons because, again, his rap sheet goes on and on and on and actually spent time in jail because he illegally had access to weapons in the past. So, yeah, you can put more laws on the books, but if you're a criminal, you don't really care. I want to play this other clip for you that I think is so powerful because I've talked about this as of late where, look, what's happening right now in our country, in my opinion, it's a crisis of the heart. We always talk about guns don't kill people, people kill people. So at the root of this problem that we face, I believe it's a heart crisis. And I want you to listen closely to what Mary Ken Mayor Kenny said earlier today. Uh, I'm gonna talk about it after I play this for you, but listen here and see if something really jumps out to you like it did to me when I heard this today. Several weeks ago, I attended a meeting of faith-based leaders in Philadelphia who are concerned about gun violence. Like the police, they are also on the front lines of this crisis. They are working every day to bring hope and faith to their communities. And they look to us here in government for answers. I sat during that meeting and heard their pleas for help and saw the despair in their eyes. Ministers, pastors, rabbi, imams, they came looking to us for help. Anything jump out to you about that clip? Here's what jumped out to me. We here in America, we praise God, we don't praise government. And here he is talking about these faith leaders that are, that are focused on the government to step in or somebody from the government to step in and solve this problem. As I just mentioned ago, in my opinion, this is a heart problem and when you got faith leaders, they, they should be focused on the heart. They should be focused about going out in their community, focused on God, whatever their faith might be, but going out in the community and, and how can I go out there and change the hearts of these people, not going to the government to solve this problem. We've all heard the same before when someone shows up at your door and says, hey, I'm from the government. I'm here to solve your problems. Typically not a good thing. 
So when you hear that faith people are now depending on them to solve this problem, and we all, I think, can agree this is a problem of the heart, we are missing the boat, folks, missing the boat. So I hope that that uh, resonated with you like it did with me. So I want to play this other clip. This is from the police commissioner from Philadelphia. And there's so much conversation right now about what you see with police. I'm sure you saw the clips as of late in New York. People are dumping water on police officers. Even yesterday in Philly, the police officers were there protecting this community, getting completely disrespected even by the people in this neighborhood. And so last night there were two officers that were, they were actually trapped in the building with this suspect. They knew they were trapped. They knew they could be on their last limb here in any single moment. I want to share with you what the police commissioner from Philly said earlier today about these incredibly brave law enforcement officers and just to remind us all about what these men and women do to protect and serve. They're running into the bullets while you and I typically are running away. There were officers who knew they were trapped who naturally wanted to go in immediately and get them. This is before SWAT got in. And as I understand it, these officers were astute enough and wise enough and brave enough to say, do not come in here. Do not come in here. If you come in here, you will be met with severe gunfire. Now think about what it takes to do that, to know that you're trapped in the building yourself. Your natural inclination is to say, help, come get me. But they did the opposite. And that speaks volumes of what we see each and every day. So we, we were dealt um, a hand that nobody should be dealt, thankful that no one died from it. All our officers were discharged from the hospital, but dealing with But I just want to thank you know, all those officers and tell them that if you feel like you don't and you are not appreciated, trust me, you are. And I know I speak for everyone up here and probably most in the room, you know, you may not always feel like you get the respect and the due that you deserve, but you, there are many people who respect what you do, appreciate what you do, because most people couldn't do what you do. Amen to that. Most people couldn't do what they do. So my point is, hey, if you see a law enforcement officer out and about, please just give them a tip of the hat and tell them thank you or whatever it is for you to give them a nice gesture to say, hey, we appreciate what you guys do to protect and serve. All right, I'd love to know your point of view on what's going on there with those polls and what you heard from some of the leaders in Philadelphia. I want to move on to the breaking news today about what's going on with a trip to Israel and an unprecedented move. Israel actually barred the entry of these outspoken U.S. Congresswomen. If you read this graphic up, please, with Palestinian, Palestinian Rashid Tlaib and anti-Semite Representative Elon Omar. A lot of people are going, what? We didn't let these congressional people into the country. Let me share with you some very important facts that a lot of people aren't talking about because this decision makes a difference. First off, both Omar and Tlaib are part of what's called this BDS movement. It's boycott, divestment, and sanctions against Israel. So if you've got someone that basically wants to come in and use economic warfare against your country, do you want them coming into your country? Probably not. That's exactly why what Israel did is they actually passed the law where they said, look, if you're going to be part of this BDS movement, if you're going to boycott the state of Israel, you're not allowed in here you are not allowed into the country of Israel. In my opinion, it sounds a lot like, Israel, like America first, which Israel is doing a great job of putting Israel first. For most of us, that just seems obvious, and a lot of people are up in arms because these people want to go and use economic warfare, if you will, against their country, and then they say, wait a second, we don't really want you here. So I want to share with you, just to give you an idea of the, the point of view 
that Rashid Tlaib and Representative Omar have against Israel? Because many people may question, are they really anti-Semitic? You know, I don't know if that's really accurate. Well, check this out. This is an actual uh, diplomatic agenda for their trip. And I want to bring this up and notice what's circled there, the very top line, okay? U.S. congressional delegation to doesn't exist. There's Palestinian territories, okay, but there is no Palestinian country. They don't even recognize Israel, these people. So they, the, everyone's up in arms and you've got two people that want to go to a place that they don't even recognize. And they're thinking, wait a second, why is Netanyahu doing this? They're following the law in Israel by not allowing BDS people to show up in their country. And that on top of it, even in their own delegation documentation, they don't even recognize the state of Israel. So President Trump tweeted out earlier today about this, that, hey, Representative Omar's and Tlaib are the face of the Democrat Party, and they hate Israel. The U.S. ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, he put a statement out earlier today as well and says, look, Israel, which I just told you a moment ago, is simply following their laws, and the United States supports Israel not allowing Omar and Tlaib into their country. This is where it gets kind of interesting. There's a lot of pro-Israel groups in the United States, though, that don't agree with this move in any way, shape, or form. In fact, in fact AIPAC tweeted out earlier today, uh, we disagree with Representative Omar and Tlaib's support for the anti-Israel and anti-peace BDS movement, along with Representative Tlaib calls for a one-state solution, which would be Palestine. But we also believe every member of Congress should be able to visit and experience our democratic ally, Israel, firsthand. You know, I think it would be great to, if Israel would have had open arms and say, look, we'll bring you over here, we'll show you what's going on. The, the issue is, is num number one, is this purely political? Because keep in mind, there's already been a major delegation that went over to Israel. In fact, uh, Congressman Armstrong's been a part of that. So if they wanted to go to Israel so bad, why didn't they just go with the initial delegation that was going over there? Then you start putting out documentation that doesn't even recognize Israel and you call it Palestinian, uh, Palestine. It, it just, it just seems too political to me, in my, in my opinion. Now, a Representative Omar did put out a statement about what went down here today and um, not being able to go into Israel. I want to share with you just some of what she put in her statement because, again, the rhetoric continues to get ratcheted up on both sides. She says, sadly, this is not a surprise given the public positions of Prime Minister Netanyahu, who has consistently resisted peace efforts, restricted the freedom of movement of Palestinians, limited public knowledge of the brutal realities of the, I mean, here you go, occupation and aligned himself with Islamophobes like Donald Trump. <laughs> Would love to know your point of view. Do you agree with Israel saying, hey, look, we're not gonna have you here if you're gonna be part of this boycott, divestment, sanctions group and not even recognize Israel as a state or should they have had open arms and let them into their country. Please share your point of view with us. 